There are business leaders that are making so much more than profit in their enterprises. They're elevating their businesses, teams, and themselves to add more value. And so can you. Welcome to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. If you were looking for ways to elevate success while contributing to a better world, you'll want to listen in for the next hour. Now here's your host, Chris Cooper. Hello, this is Chris Cooper and a big welcome to the Business Elevation Show. Um, I believe this is episode 450, um, which is quite incredible. Um, it's wonderful to be back with you again for another week. I, I've taken a, a month out, having had uh, a quite quite major surgery, actually, and it's just brilliant to have that behind me and to, to be back with you. Uh, believe me, I'm so pleased to be here. Uh, to be back and uh, and have uh, having been mostly mostly over that now and uh, it's good to be able to get excited about the the year ahead again and uh, I've got some brilliant guests on the show today but before I do that I want to say um, thank you to some of the guests over the last few weeks we've had one or two repeated shows then we had a pre-recorded show um, around. Um, I'm playing the game, which was part two. And then last week, um, Stephen Morris interviewed, uh, I think, John Schultz and Owen O'Sullivan on my behalf, did a great job. Stephen is a wonderful uh, friend and uh, from San Diego, and uh, he did that interview uh, on my behalf last week and uh, did it really, really well. So I hope you enjoyed that. It was all about linking coaching and artistry, which uh, uh, they're all, um, Owen being a famous musician and Steve being a, an amazing, amazing artist. Uh, as well as uh, them being leadership experts and coaches, uh, they uh, they decided to cover that last week. So here I am today. I'm with um, going to be with Darren Harris and Jane Mystery, and we're talking about unblinding the mind because both of my guests today have the most amazing, the most amazing inspirational stories. Um, both of them in their own right, and uh, they both hugely inspired me. I've known them for uh, for many years now, actually, and it's going to be. Just a great opportunity to introduce them both and invite them both onto the show for the first time and to share a little bit about their stories today and what we can learn from their experiences. Uh, and if you're a bit stuck at the moment in your business or your personal life, you know, it can be that um, you might be that you're viewing things a little bit perhaps with some tunnel vision. And that's where uh, my guests today say that um, you can become blind to um, the changes needed and the things that hold you back. And that um, essence of uh, sort of blindness is, um, you know, common b- between uh, Darren and Jane. And now Darren is, uh, Harris is a best-selling author. He is, um, he's an international motivational speaker. He's the regional president of the Professional Speaking Association in the UK and the Midlands. He's a mindset coach, a psychology master, an honorary doctor. He's a dual sport Paralympian, a judo black belt. And he's England's most capped a most decorated blind footballer. Um, he lost his sight after being diagnosed and treated for cancer of both eyes when he was a very young, young child initially and gradually over time um, lost his, his eyesight. Um, but he discovered that the eyes are useless when the mind is blind, a phrase that has become his motto. And then we also have today, we have award-winning motivational speaker and Britain's first blind fitness, nutrition and mindset coach, Jane Mystery. Now, Jaina's drive for fitness was sparked by a very rare and life-threatening condition. 
uh, Stevens-Johnson syndrome, and it was triggered by a severe allergic reaction to penicillin, left her blind and fighting for her life and health at the age of 17. And she's she's gone on to become this amazing uh, fitness um, trainer and expert and nutrition expert. She's won uh, lots of awards. She's been on the BBC, ITV, and uh, been in the Women's Own magazine. And she has uh, is known for having transformed her health and her clients and 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 um, with the help of her guide dog Laura. Um, both of these people I mentioned that I know pers- personally, and Darren I know from the Professional Speaking Association, and so he just greatly inspired me with his zest for life, his enthusiasm, and also his sporting abilities. And Jane, I'll never forget, the first time I met Jane, I said, how did you deal with the knowledge that you were you know, losing your eyesight and you were about to lose it? And how did you deal with it? And she said, Chris, I made the decision after 60 minutes. I was never going to let it hold me back again. And that hugely, hugely inspired me. So a, a big welcome to both my guests today, to uh, to Darren Harris and to Jane A Mystery. To be on the show. Thank you, Thanks, Chris. Chris. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> Lovely to hear your voices. This is going to be such a pleasure today. And I'm, 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 if you don't mind, um, I normally do ladies first, but I'm going to ask Darren this um, <laughs> This first, as as um, this bio is prepared with uh, with diet Darren um, first in there, so um, no no disrespect to you, Jaina, but but um, but Darren, you know I've always um, greatly admired your achievements and your passion for life. Would you just tell us a little bit about your story and how your sight loss impacted both your life and your career direction? Well, like you, Chris, and many of your listeners, I wasn't born blind, but when I was fifteen months, I was diagnosed with cancer in both my eyes. And I suppose back then you didn't think that children could get cancer and you didn't think you could get cancer of the eye. You know, I was lucky enough to get both. And I suppose as a result of the treatment I had, which was radiotherapy in one eye and the actual removal of my other eye, my sight in my remaining eye got gradually worse and worse over time. I think one of the things that happens when you lose your sight is a few things. You know, it makes you feel uh, many emotions. And I know at times I felt inferior because let's be honest, if it was a choice between having your sight or not having your sight, most people, probably all people would choose to have it. So there's that sense of kind of inferiority. This is like, you know, you're a second class citizen. And I suppose there was times when I felt helpless, you know, because I always had to sort of rely on people to help me do things, you know, whether it was going to the shop, you know, back in the old days when, you know, you had your bank statement come through and, you know, someone had to read that to you in those intimate private moments that you normally have, you have to share with others. Uh, and there was also that sense of hopelessness because I think we want, we always, we've grown up in a times where we think there will be a cure for everything. You know, we've been able to put someone on the moon and we've we found cures to so many ills and diseases throughout time. And I kind of thought, well, surely they can fix my eyes. So I used to go to the hospital every year and see the doctor and, and he would just give me bad news. You know, Darren, your sight's getting worse and there's, there's nothing we can do about it. But I suppose for all of that, there was there was one thing that kind of kept me going and, and it was sport. And I think sport for so many people is, is missold. You know, we always think about sport in terms of getting fit or uh, losing weight or, you know, getting big muscles maybe. Uh, but sport does so much more than that. It's probably the best kept secret out there. But, you know, it, it's just wonderful for our for our state of mind. You know, it's the best known antidepressant out there. And. And so really, I just, I, sport was something I did for a, a release and it was something I enjoyed. I had a lot of fun. 
And when you have all of those factors and you, you keep doing it and keep doing it, you, you tend to get better at it without even realizing it. So, you know, over time, you know, I just got better and better and better at it. But I have to be honest that but back then we didn't really, there wasn't much of a pathway for disability sport. They, you know, there was no sense of, you know, you could do this as a career to, you know, become a professional blind athlete. So I, you know, I followed the traditional route and went to university and, you know, got a mainstream job. I worked in, in the world of IT for, for, for a fair while. And, uh, and sport was something I just did as an amateur in, in, in the background, really. So, you know, when I made my England debut, um, you know, we didn't, we didn't get paid a penny to play football or anything like that. And, you know, we just did it for the love of it. But, um, but thankfully, you know, things changed around. So that's a, that's a, a, sh- a short introduction to my story, really. I mean, I mean it's really you know, kind of moving that because it's uh, very moving. I know to, at a young age, you know, to go through what you went through and, and whatever people are listening to at the moment, we, we, we often have things that as a young child that are maybe not quite right. You know, maybe there's we've got some you know, dermatological issue. I, I had I remember having, um, never mentioned this before, but I had a, a bit of an issue when I was young. And that's, my hair was going thin and uh, I remember going to the hospital with it and they even got me counting the hairs that I'd lost from my head, um, which was an impossible task to do. But um, bizarrely, I, I actually have a reasonable head of hair now for my, for my age. But um, I remember feeling just moments of despair and sadness. People would, you know, ridiculed me for it. Uh, and I just felt, you know, real inadequacy. And, and I, you know, and it was it's very minor compared to what you went through. But I mean, what would you tell your younger self you know, that, that, that young boy now, you know, just looking back on what you've achieved and if you've got a few words you would give him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I think during lockdown, lots of people went through a few, a few troubles and, you know, and I, I was struggling at times and, and I remember sort of speaking to, to a counsellor about this and um, they asked me that very question, you know, what would you say to your younger self? And, and, and the thing is, I would have said to him was, you know, I love you. And, and I think we, we focus a lot on uh, discipline sometimes, but, you know, having a love in your life and positive loving relationships is, is, is a great way to help you grow as a person. And, you know, I went to, to boarding school uh, when I was 11 and it was a really traumatic experience for me. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways, it actually helped me in terms of my sport and everything else and in terms of my academic success that I had later in life. Um, but on an emotional level, I found it really difficult kind of just being separated from my home environment. And um, so, but I look back on all of those experiences and I think you know, the key to anyone who goes through any challenges is, is to look for some sort of, some glimmer of, of light. You know, if there's one little thread you can grab hold of, you know, you, you pull that thread and you let that thread grow. And, and so I'm able to look back on all of those challenges in my life and, and take something positive out of it and say, you know what, this, you know, this happened for me and it's made me become the person I am today. Well, and was, was that boarding school? Um, because at that time it was deemed to be the best place to be able to help you with your, your sight loss. And yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, my mum had me very young. She was 16 when she got pregnant and then went back to uh, school and college and university. And, you know, she had an evening job. So I don't know if the phrase, I know most of your audience is in, is in the States. So we have a phrase in the UK called um, a latchkey child. So I was one of these kids who came home from school at the age of sort of seven or eight and sort of let myself in the house with a, with a key and sort of sorted myself out, made myself a bit of tea and waited till my mum came home. So 
And I think, you know, my mum realised that that probably wasn't sustainable for the long term. Uh, and also that this school, which was a blind school, was going to give me the, you know, a much better education. It was a grammar school as well. So there was that aspirational side to it as well, where, you know, I was surrounded by other people who, who were high achievers as well. So they, you know, they, they kind of pulled me up and didn't, didn't let me sort of settle for just being average, I guess. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, it obviously had its, its ups, but there was definitely its downs too. Thank you. Thanks, Taryn. And Chano, welcome. Um, tell us a bit about your life changing story and, you know, how it impacted you both negatively and, and positively as you were, as you were maturing. Yeah, so much like Darren, I wasn't born blind either. Um, up until the age of 17, I was fully sighted. I was a healthy teenager um, and at college at the time. And one day I came down with a bit of a flu and I was prescribed penicillin, but I had no idea that I was allergic to it. And within about three hours, I'd had a life-threatening allergic reaction to it. And it's something I'd never experienced before. My family had no idea I was allergic to it. And I was immediately rushed into hospital and uh, taken into intensive care where I spent about 10 days. And at the time, the condition was so rare, the doctors didn't really know what was happening to me until I was seen by a dermatologist who identified the condition as Stephen Johnson syndrome, which only affects one in every three million people. So with this condition, I blister-like uh, spots sort of started to appear on my body externally and internally. So it affected my, my lungs, it affected 60% of my skin and my eyes as well. Um, I basically ended up being treated like a burns victim. I'd lost 60% of my skin. I grew new toe and fingernails. I lost a lot of hair. I was barely recognizable um, and I was on morphine, quite a, uh, a traumatic time. But I remember while I was in hospital in a semi-light coma, when I awoke from that, I just felt like a different person. It's as if I'd been reborn, like my the slate had been swept clean for me. And though I'd lost a lot physically, I was physically broken I'd gained a lot mentally. So at the time, my eyesight was affected, but I wasn't completely blind. I lost my eyesight within 12 months, and I'd had major surgery to remove part of my lung within that 12 months as well. So um, I spent about 12 months at home, sort of resting and recovering and trying to find a sense of direction with my life. But through this adversity, it sort of taught me to be grateful for my life. I saw my friends sort of moving on to university. That was a downside. I kind of felt left behind. And there was a little bit of why me, um, why has this happened to me? But I had such love and support. Like Darren mentioned, it's important to have good family and friends in your life. And I believe that's what helped me through. It really helped me to build my mental resilience at that time and also inspired me to continue with my education. So um, in 2003, I joined the RNIB Loughborough College and um, I was able to adapt. I was able to learn Braille, how to use a long cane and assistive technology. 
And being back in education, learning to be a complementary therapist really expanded, expanded my independence. And being around people who are also visually impaired, I was able to connect and, and find the support I needed to help me move on to university as well. That was quite a different experience. Um, I was around sighted people. Uh, I was living in halls as well. Um, and during the course, I found myself having to educate and inform the staff about how to adapt things for me. So that was a major challenge. But the positive of all of this was that I was able to build my resilience. I was able to realize that I was capable of more than people saw me for. They kind of saw me as being visually impaired, unable to do things. But it, the process sort of proved, I proved to myself that I can do things more than I thought I could. So um, it's been quite, quite a, an interesting journey for me over the last 20 years. Fantastic. Well, we're going to go to commercial break in in a few seconds. I just hope people are listening to this interview, you know, really kind of taking taking in by and taking in what uh, what Darren and Jane have shared. You know, the, the personal challenges that they both experienced. Yet, you know, a number of years later, looking back on those experiences, they've made the most of their of themselves and uh, have got on to achieve really quite remarkable things. And uh, you know, for me, it shows whatever your situation right now, whether you're, you know, the people are obviously suffering a lot um, with mental health kind of challenges, physical challenges. I was sadly at a very cl close uh, friend of ours funeral yesterday and there was a 10 year old and a 16 year old daughter sadly had lost their mom and they've got to move on in their lives. You know, stuff really does happen. It's not always great. However, you know, the, the potential uh, liking Darren and, and Jane is there, it's within you. And uh, sometimes these sad and difficult situations uh, can lead to um, you know, remarkable things if you choose to, to move forward um, really positively. So can't wait to, um, to chat to Darren and Jane after the commercial break. Do join us in a couple of minutes. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about um, more of the experiences, but also about unblinding the mind and just uh, helping us all realise um, what is truly happening in our lives and how to move forward on a positive footing. Join me again in just a couple of minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program, one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with Darren Harris and Jane Mystery. We're talking about unblinding the mind. And Darren, and before we, we get into this, this particular subject, I'm just interested you know, when it comes to sight loss, has the world been blind to your needs or do you think your success has been on a, a level, level level playing field to, for example, you know, sighted friends and colleagues? Well, we often talk about these sort of two different disability models. So, you know, we've got the medical model, which kind of says that you know, you've lost your sight. So there's all of these things that you can't do. And then we get the social model, which says, well, if you if you adapt the world in a certain way, then people will be fully capable. But the truth is, is, is somewhere in between. You know, there are people who have a lot and achieve little, and there are people who have little or achieve a lot. And, and so what I really focus on is, is the psychology. That's always, that's always the gap in between, um, you know, a condition and, and that sort of social environment. Um, so is, is there a level playing field? Well, no, I mean, there's that great quote from Martin Luther King that we're all created equal, but I don't think we all start from the same place. Um, so we, but we just have to do what we have and make the most of what we have. And, and I think sometimes there's a lot of debate around equality at the moment, equality of opportunities and stuff. And it, it's, <laughs> does anybody really want equality? And I, I, coming from a professional sport, the, the, the one who wins has got some advantage somewhere in life. And so I think we have to focus on the advantages that we all have and use those to the maximum of our ability. And, and uh, yeah, that's how I see it myself. I mean, since I remember when we were chatting a few couple of weeks ago, you were saying that the, the two things that are most challenging are, are sort of travel and tech. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that, those are, those are the two things which I can think can help us bridge the gap uh, the most. Uh, I mean, the technology, especially though, I, I, 
if you'd asked me before the pandemic, would I be doing a, an online talk, for example, I probably wouldn't because you know, I, I couldn't see my audience. I couldn't hear my audience. It was, it was a, kind of an awful experience, the thought of it. And, um, but we've all had to adapt to the way things are now. And, and, and now I'm able to speak to audiences all over the world. And uh, so it's opened up a whole new market. And, and that probably wouldn't have happened had the pandemic not have, have come, come to us. So uh, technology is a massive thing, but and also the transport, absolutely. If you're able to, to get around and travel, and um, then that can really help you because it, it, it does have real challenges. You know, only, only yesterday I, I was speaking in a school and it was a, and I, I used a good old Google Maps to work out how to get to this venue. And, and when I got to the local train station, it said there, there was like a, a bus to get to this school. So, so when, but when I got there, I realized that the bus that it said on Google Maps was basically the school bus, which only ran in the morning oh. and at the end of the day. <laughs> and so there was no bus to get to this place. So um, I had to use my, my creativity and, and uh, manage to to wangle myself a lift there actually um and so yeah a great skill been a been a speaker he's opening your mouth and asking for help when it's needed <laughs> fantastic and, and um you talk about on blinding the mind so what does that mean to you and why might people who with sight uh, actually be blinder than they realize well i can probably tell this story with a film there's there's a great film called uh, facing the giants and there's a scene in it called the death crawl if you type in the death crawl on youtube you'll find it and there's this there's this uh, scene where the coach asks this guy to to basically crawl across the pitch and um, but what he asks him to do is is to wear a blindfold and he says oh why wear a blindfold he says because i don't want you to uh, be limited by those visual cues the line so often in life we kind of go okay there's a line there that's how far I'm going to get to and we um, we set our, our our limitations by what we can sort of see physically uh, and, and because this guy was was blindfolded and the coach just says give me your best give me your best give me your best when he took that blindfold off he'd gone way further than he'd ever thought possible uh, and so what I really believe is that sometimes our eyes can be a distraction for us they can take away our focus we can be we, we can come you know we can start to look at other things and you know see what other people are doing whether it's on social media I mean, there's all these things that come into our lives and take up some of that bandwidth that we've got uh, and i and i believe that actually with myself being blind sometimes I'm, I'm probably better able to focus on some of the t- tasks and challenges ahead and so that's just one aspect of it but there are many more I mean, interestingly, I, my experience of both of you is I'm always, you know, hugely impressed by your abilities to to really listen deeply to a conversation and uh, and then be able to, you know, take out of it kind of key action points and uh, and ways to move forward, et cetera. But you seem to have a deeper sense of of listening, probably because of uh, not having those distractions. And Jaina and I have spent a lot of time talking together over the years. And that's been one thing. I've always felt that Jaina has this ability to listen more deeply than most people, which um, when it comes to coaching and developing people can be a real, a real advantage. Um, I'm going to, I know, I know you in, in your blind football um, and I'd love to talk uh, more about that with you Um but just t- tell us how blind football works because you've been really successful. You've got 10 mm-hmm. European and world 
record, kind of world um, sorry, championship um, medals. But tell us just briefly, how does blind football work? And um, why does um, the experience of blindfolding your clients and getting them to experience a game, why does that really help them? So, uh, so, okay, so the, the game is uh, five-a-side. We, we have four outfield players who are blind and they wear blindfolds and we've got a goalkeeper who can see. We have a coach on the halfway line who c- can also see and we've got a guy behind the opposition goal who can see. So we've got three pairs of eyes that can provide us information. And um, But in essence, as you said, it, it's about listening and being able to tune into the most important information. It also enhances your communication because you're having to get across the most amount of information with the fewest amount of words. You know, you don't want to be talking all the time, which means then you can't hear the ball. The ball itself has got ball bearings in, but you know, you've got players who are speaking to each other. You've got the opposition players communicating with each other. We've got the coaches and uh, goalkeepers and they're, they're talking. So there's all of this uh, external noise. And at the same time, you've got to be listening to the ball as well. I suppose the way we we master the skill is is like any skill in life. It, it's through practice, and I can remember my very first game for England where I was horrific. You know, I, I the coach told me I was on in two minutes. I went on, and I was bumping into my teammates, bumping into opposition players, bumping into the boards at the side, and he took me off after after two minutes. So, um, <laughs> and what I realised from that was that I still had a little bit of light perception in those days, and. And that was enough to sort of throw me that putting that blindfold on was completely disorientating for me. And so what I started to do is put that blindfold on an hour before the game. So that by the time I got onto the pitch, I was completely acclimatized to it. Uh, In answer to your other question about, you know, suppose how does it help uh, other people? I think it's about an an authentic experience of, of, of blindness and not in the sense that, you put on a blindfold is how I see the world because it's not. I have to remind people that I've had, you know, 30, 40 years to adapt to my situation. And if you think about anything that you've done for 30, 40 years, you will now be an expert at it when you were once a novice. So you put on a blindfold isn't my experience of being blind, but what it reminds people of, you know, especially when they want to take that blindfold off is that, I don't have the opportunity to take the blindfold off. And I think we've all been to workshops and had trainers give us blindfolds and do all sorts of strange and curious activities, but there's, there's a lack of authenticity about it because it, it's a gimmick unless you, you really make people realize that, well, actually, you know, that isn't a choice for me to remove it. Mm. Fantastic. And thank Jaina, um, you've made national headlines and won national awards in the UK with the, uh, with your, the assistance of your lovely guide dog, Laura, um, I'm wondering from your perspective, what ways do you see that you know, sighted people, uh, see sighted people being blind and uh, what do you think they can learn from people like you and Darren? Yes, that's, I agree with much of what Darren has said and I'd like to share an example with you. Um, so Laura and I have been partnered for, for almost 10 years now and when we talk about unblinding the mind and seeing the invisible objects around life and the obstacles. Just imagine Laura and I walking along together. Laura is sort of guiding me along. I'm the one who's invisible to the obstacles around me. But she, her job is to find the safest way around things. She's navigating around these obstacles, keeping me safe. And the metaphor here is I'm blind to these obstacles, but she's finding the safest route around them and keeping us moving forward. 
So I think for people who are not seeing the obstacles in life and actually struggle to deal with them, I think the best way to move forward is to see things differently. And a motto I've always had is to overcome any challenge is to see, think, and do things differently. So we all face challenges in life. And sometimes they can come very unexpectedly, like the pandemic, for example. And um, I think it's your attitude that makes a huge difference. Rather than reacting, but responding to a situation can just shift things for you from a mindset perspective. Um, that's what I believe. Mm, yeah. I, I, I remember having you and I meeting up in a, I think it was a coffee shop, um, and uh, me just feeling so exasperated because I was with you and with Laura and uh, in the, co- the coffee shop decided they didn't want people to go down to a different level, I think the, the uh, lower level. And uh, they decided to put a big barrier up. And um, I just remember just being so frustrated because, uh, you know, for you, that potentially was quite difficult. I have a funny feeling we were actually down at that lower level and they put the barrier up to stop others coming down. That's what annoyed me. And you could have just walked into it or confused Laura. And I just think sometimes people just aren't, um, you know, they're, they're blind to situations. Uh, that was an example of just being blind to, uh, uh, to what's really going on because their minds are, are somewhere else. Um, yes. yes. And I think, through my experience, that's that's a really good example. But I feel people are often blind to their own potential yeah. and capabilities as well. I mean, for Darren and I, it's we've had to adapt to being visually impaired. I've been visually impaired 20 years. It's become normal to us. Um, but there's still days where I'll have give you an example, sort of visiting the dentist. So if I go there with sighted assistance, I usually have a family member with me. And there was one occasion well, I was a patient. It was my appointment. But the receptionist was talking to my mum and not to me. And it was a very, very, very difficult situation. You're sort of there and you feel very disempowered. And that was a point where I really had to speak up for myself. And I think speaking up is something, it's much like a muscle. I've had to learn to build over the years just to raise that awareness and educate people that just because you're visually impaired doesn't mean your mouth doesn't work. You can speak up for yourself. <laughs> so I've had incidences like that too. <laughs> it's got me thinking about, I, I was sent to the hospital to have a look at my eyes a couple of years ago and you know, drop drops are put in to enable them to do that more effectively, which meant I couldn't see because um, uh, my vision went, went very blurry and I decided I wanted to go to, I needed to go to the toilet and uh and I found myself uh, sort of walking along the wall um, and, and, you know, pushing myself along to eventually get to this, um, this loo in a completely disoriented state and nobody helping me. I think um, I, and you must ex- give experience issues like that. I think, Darren, you were describing trying to get, find the door in a, a company you were speaking at. Um, how should people react to you when you're in that kind of a state? Should they be, do you want them to help you? I think over over the years, I've 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 chosen to change how I respond to people. Uh, I think at the start, I was wanting to prove that I could do everything for myself, and and uh, you know, often sort of push people away when they offered their help. Uh, and now I and now I realise that actually, you know, people get a lot of joy from helping others. And and in, and in fact, I I got one of my best gigs from someone helping me. So I was I was I was walking. Um, 
near my local train station actually and it it was down this road which was really had a lot of obstacles in it a lot of street furniture and um and she said oh do you need a hand i said oh yes please and um we just got chatting and and she asked me what i did i said well i'm a motivational speaker and he goes oh well you know we, we we're actually looking for a speaker for our conference and i gave him my card and and I got the gig. So, you know, my, my, my blindness has actually got me a couple of gigs just because people have come up and helped me. But I think, yeah, absolutely. Sometimes, you know, because we want to prove that we can do things for ourselves. We, we don't often ask for help when, when it could, could really help us get to that next level. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and J- Jaina, we will have to continue this, this question after the break. You know, there's not only been a, you know, we've had this, um, you know, pandemic uh, that's occurred, but also there's a pandemic of mental health issues right now. And you mentioned that point there about people not really seeing the, the potential in themselves. I mean, do, do you have any tips that maybe you give to your clients to help them be, become, you know, unblind themselves to the potential that's within them? Yes. So I have three pillars, the mindset piece, movement and food. So I cover all these areas and offer different tips. And so people can understand that it's making about making a lifestyle change. So with the mindset, I'm very focused on gratitude. Um, an exercise that I like to do is to make a list of three things that I'm grateful for every day. And this is something I recommend my clients do. And it's really powerful. Doing this over time can help you to build that, uh, that gratitude muscle and help you to see the positive opportunities around you. And I think nourishing your body is super important as well. Eating foods that are going to give you energy, wholesome foods, um, doing home cooking, avoiding processed foods, uh, foods that are going to fuel your body, um, and also movement. We all know that exercise is good for us. And it's the best way to increase your mood and your endorphins. So if you're busy working at home, sat at a desk for a long time, my suggestion is to go out for a quick five-minute walk. Just spend some time in nature. That's really going to refresh your mood and boost your productivity uh, and efficiency as well. Interesting. Do, do you think we should also maybe um, for people to get, get, get clear about having a purpose that's bigger than themselves? Is that, could you, is that the sort of thing you could reflect on when you're out walking? Because uh, that often really helps, doesn't it, to realise that uh, there is something bigger out there that you're moving towards. Yes, most definitely. I think when we're sort of stuck at home, a lot of the time we're kind of in four walls and we get very, very busy, uh, consumed with work. But once we step outside, we're in that state of peace and calm. And that's when we can start to gain clarity, uh, especially being out in nature, realising why we're really here, what's the bigger picture. It's not just about working 24 hours a day. There's things to be grateful for. There's family, there's the simple things in life. And I think we need to strip back the stresses and the overwhelm by just keeping things simple, appreciating what we have around us. Fantastic. Well, we're going to go to commercial break again. Um, do join us after the break and we're going to find out more about dealing with um, adversity and some more tips and ideas and thoughts from uh, Jane, uh, Mystery, and Darren Harris. Do join us after the break. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Would you like to work personally with the host of this show to help realize your potential? Chris Cooper supports business leaders and high potential individuals to achieve greater success in their businesses and careers. 
Support includes the opportunity to join a high-return group mentoring and mastermind program called the Achiever Program. One-to-one mentoring and coaching, facilitated leader development workshops and speeches. Email info at bemoreachievemore.com to arrange a free, no-obligation consultation to see how Chris and his team can help you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into the Business Elevation Show with your host, Chris Cooper. If you have a question or comment about our show, please direct your emails to chris at chriscooper.co.uk. That's chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Now back to Chris Cooper. Hi, this is Chris Cooper. I'm with the fantastic Darren Harris and Jane Mystery, and we're talking about blinding your mind and sort of unpicking this uh, these amazing stories of Darren and Jane. And I do hope if you're sitting there at the moment and you're you're thinking about your own kind of future that you realise that uh, you've got so much untapped potential within you, whatever your situation scenario, and uh, you know it is possible to really overcome um, any adversity and to to move forward. And it doesn't matter really what um, what kind of base you you start from and so Diana and Jaina uh, shared some few tips on you know dealing with um, with kind of adversity and uh, or blinding the mind in, in gratitude and nutrition and movement any thoughts from you absolutely so I suppose it, it's, it's so easy to get uh, locked into our own worldview and how we see ourselves how we see other people and and the world around us and and when I really look back on my own story, I'm I'm really not the hero in it. You know, the the, the people who've helped me in my life are those people around me. You know, my mum, who was incredible, <laughs> she often she said to me that you know you're black and you're blind, and if you want to achieve anything in life, you're gonna have to work twice as hard as everyone else. And, and so that set in me the the, the mindset that okay, I, I can achieve things, but I'm gonna have to work hard to do it. And uh, there was my incredible maths teacher who you know, said to me, Darren, you know, you can do better. And it wasn't do better than anyone else. It was do better than what you've been doing because you'd seen my work kind of get worse and worse over the t- mm-hmm. over time. Uh, and and obviously the, the coaches in, in my sport have helped me massively. And and so and what all of those things remind me is that you, you need someone in your life that can give you a different perspective, you know, in, and, I, and I think that's really, really important for all of us. And, you know, you don't have to, if you can't afford to get a coach, then that's, that's fine. But there, there has to be someone in your life, someone in your business, uh, who, who's going to give you a different perspective, who sees things in another way and uh, can help you get out of yourself, in essence. And, and, and that's what all of my coaches have done throughout my career. And you know, they've seen something 
um, that I haven't and said, you know, if you if you tweak this and you tweak that, then this can happen. And and as as, as speakers, uh, one of the one of the early tips that I got as a, as a professional speaker was to record yourself and, and play it back to yourself. And <laughs> and, and I'm sure I'm sure a lot of people have heard themselves back and thought, God, is that what I sound like? That's exactly what you're doing. You're 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 tuning in from a different perspective, and it and it enables you to see things in a different way. Yeah. That's great, and I know you've had some you've had some amazing coaches during your your career. And uh, you know, you know, would it have would it have been possible for you to sort of step up to become a Paralympian and uh, you know, most decorated blind footballer, you know, black belt in in judo without those coaches? Did they did they help you see see the potential that was within you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the whole I remember my judo experience was was interesting because uh, you know I was. I remember when I started start judo. You know, I I I was I was going to this club and I decided, you know, to to get better, I'm going to have to train with better people. So I I immediately went down to the national training centre <laughs> even before <laughs> I was anywhere near that standard. And there was a coach there, and um and and basically no one would train with me. You can imagine someone just walking off the street and then wanting to train with the best people in the country and 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 not be surprised that they didn't want to train with you. So that's what happened. And this coach basically kind of grabbed hold of me and says, don't worry, I'll train with you. And then he throws me onto the, onto the wooden floor and there's a big bang as I hit the floor and everybody looks round and goes, and he goes, look, he's not made of porcelain. Now get stuck into him. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, you know, he broke the ice for me. And from that moment on, everyone was kind of, you know, happy to just, you know, smash me about and, and, you know, but there's just been coaches that all through my career have done something or said something that has made me see things differently and, uh, and ultimately um, helped me improve. Fantastic. And so, Jaina, how, you know, how, um, you know, who's, who's, you know, who's kind of, you know, helped you and where have you found coaches from and discover them to, to help you to develop yourself and your mindset and your career? You know, have you have you found that uh, people have stepped up? I know Laura's helped you um, as well to uh, enable you to move forward. Yes, yeah, so she's been my fairy mentor for like <laughs> over nine years now. <laughs> Nothing quite like having a dog as your mentor, is there? Um, but I've been very blessed. I mean, years ago, I didn't know what a coach was. But over the years, um, as I've sort of developed, as I've gone into fitness and nutrition and become a speaker, I've met some incredible coaches, including yourself, Chris. I know we met back in 2015 at the PSA conference and we've stayed in touch ever since. And you've been extremely instrumental in helping me with my public speaking career and being a good friend also. And like Darren said, I think it's very important to have coaches in your life. Um, I have several coaches that I'm very grateful to have in my life and they've all helped me uh, to develop and grow in different ways. And to learn from people who um, are more sort of developed and advanced than you are, places that you aspire to get to, I think is great, especially when it comes to to learning and aspiring to get to where you want to be. Um, And I think having family and friends around you as well is also helpful. My mum in particular, we have a very good relationship, Um, very empowering woman, and she's my best friend. And I think having people like that in your life enables you to, to help other people as well. It builds your own resilience. So um, I think it's very important. 
Fantastic. And, and people, people, if you seek them out, they will, you know, and ask the question, they'll often help you. There was a, a wonderful story. I think, I think it may have been on, on Prime TV about um, watchmakers that I, I watched recently and about a, a very, very famous uh, watchmaker who, who redesigned the way a watch is made. Uh, and and he, he made watches, he was the first person to completely make a watch by hand. And then a young guy, I mean, his name is James Smith, and he makes his most amazing, amazing watches. And he, he pursued this chap uh, to be his mentor. And he spent something like um, 18 months, two years, um, hand building a watch. And he took it to him, uh, showed it to him and said, would you be, you know, would you be, could I be your apprentice? And the guy looked at the watch and uh, he said, you know, why, why bring this to me? It's, uh, it, 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 it's not good. Um, go away. <laughs> so he, he went away with his head between his, um, his legs. And then he spent five more years uh, hand building another watch, took it to him. Um, this chap was in the Isle of Man. He had to travel over on a ferry to, uh, to see him, uh, tracked him down again, showed him this watch. And this guy looked at it and said, you know, who made the case? I did. Who made the, you know, this part? Um, I did. Who made this bit? And then said to him, Congratulations, you're a watchmaker. And he took him on as his apprentice. But he he pursued the person and ended up, you know, today um, making those uh, some most amazing watches that sell for 150,000, 250,000 pounds each. Um, but he sought his mentor. And uh, people generally, if, if you're if you're keen and you're, you know, you want to develop, um, people are happy to help, and it doesn't always involve money. Absolutely. Yes. I mean, in the Paralympic movement, we have, uh, well, in the Olympic movement, we have the torch, don't we, as a, as a kind of a, as a metaphor. And, and, and the torch bearer is someone who, who shines a light on, on the path for you to follow. Uh, and there's, there's, there's very little original out there. There's very little things that someone hasn't found a solution to already. And so whatever challenges or problems you're facing, there is bound to be someone who's already overcome that. And you know, and if you can seek them out uh, and ask them how they did what they did, most people, most people are happy to to share that knowledge with you. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure, isn't it, to to help? I always remember with Jane, uh, Jane, uh, you, you 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 told me that story about your, your sixty after sixty minutes, you made the decision that you weren't going to let um, let your blindness hold you back, and you asked me if I would give you some help, and uh, how how could I resist? You know, how could I resist? Um, <laughs> helping after that you know you inspired me through doing that and your, your success uh, just gives me it's given me enormous pleasure it really really has um so we just got um about three minutes so i need to kind of wrap up really so darren i wonder if you've got a final message that you'd like to leave us with today yeah so it's just reminding people of, of my motto really which is the eyes are useless when the mind is blind and um, and what I really mean by that is that if it was a choice between, you know, losing our sight or losing our mind, it, there's, there's no doubt which one we would all choose. And, and it's to, it's to realize that the, the mind uh, is, is incredibly powerful, but it, it can do both things. It can, it can disable us and it can enable us. And it's really reminding people to, to make sure that it, that their, their mind and their mindset is, is working for them than rather than, than against them. Fantastic. So let's. So we need to. We need to do is enable our minds, and we can do that through, through mentors, through I guess studying psych, psych, uh, psychology, through getting clear about maybe our vision, through gratitude, through eating, through movement, 
there's lots of different ways. Sports, um, which you mentioned there. Uh, we talked about music, actually. I think you were singing a little song. Uh, yeah, you? again, I was. I just yeah. I sang a little song. Um, it's a song by um, um, Labby Siffery, something inside so strong. And, and, and for all my years of competing, it was my kind of go-to song. People use music for all sorts of reasons, but the, the lyrics to that song were always used to put me in that positive state of mind and, and helped me perform to my best of my ability. Fantastic. Fantastic. And you've just, I've just, uh, this, this has inspired me to start um, uh, meditating again tomorrow to get, cause I find that also very, very helpful. Uh, we play the guitar again as well. That'll be, that'll be a good idea. Um, so to Jane, any thoughts, final messages from you? Like yeah. I would like to leave your listeners with, with a quote really. One of the quotes that I've been practicing um, and coined myself, actually, and it was adversity that helped me to realize the, the power of this quote. And it's, you can overcome any obstacle in life when you choose to see, think and do things differently. And I think when we practice these things, no matter what obstacles come in our lives, whatever we're faced with, you have the potential to move forward. You really do. Um, and just asking yourself the question, whenever you feel, why is this happening to me? Flip the question on its head. Ask yourself, why is this happening for me? The power of asking empowering questions can lead to really powerful outcomes. Um, and that's what I found in my own life. And I believe it can help other people too. I, I love that. So to flip that question, why is this happening for me? Because even in great adversity, there's there's often a you know, a, a silver lining, isn't there? There's often gifts that come, come with it, uh, with it too. Um, I just, yeah. just, my wife has just been supporting someone who's uh, sadly passed a couple of weeks ago with cancer and the family and a great friend of ours and the family are great friends of us. But you know, my wife was there most, almost daily uh, for months, just helping as she's a GP, um, a medic. So she was particularly helpful through the process, but the gifts uh, that, um, you know, she has generated the closeness through new friends that she's formed as a, as a, as a result of it and how the community feel about her actually has been really quite, quite phenomenal. Um, so it's been in a very sad situation. There has been some, you know, some gifts. Um, I think that was an amazing conversation with both of you today. You're both um, hugely inspiring people. And just on that base of kind of overcoming adversity as well next week's show we have michelle mills mills porter and we're going to be talking about the magnificence of humanity and michelle um's life was turned upside down she was on a beautiful holiday and then suddenly she was fighting for her life in the boxing day tsunami and it's uh, it transformed her her life and her thinking and a very very tough situation so builds on very nicely from today and if you want to unblind the mind of your organization and you want to arrange a you know a highly inspiring blind football events and darren i think has done these for up to about 800 people um at a uh, for one company um go to darren harris that's d-a-r-r-e-n harris h-a-r-r-i-s-g-b.com that's darren harris gb.com and, and checking him out he's a, he's a wonderfully inspiring uh, man to, to work with you and then if you're looking for a, a, a mindset fitness and or nutrition um support um in all those elements combined are so important and jane has got a great track record of helping people then check out janeandmystery.co.uk that's j-a-i-n-a mystery m-i-s-t-r-y.co.uk and uh, and, and connect with jana 
Um, so looking forward to talking to Michelle Mills-Porter next week. And once again, a huge thank you to Darren Harris and to Jane and Mystery. And if I can help you at all, uh, then reach out. Always love feedback. Um, if you want to develop your leaders, your teams, your people, always happy to have a conversation. And you can uh, connect with me at chris at chriscooper.co.uk. Thank you. We thank you for listening to the Chris Cooper Business Elevation Show. Please join your host, Chris Cooper, again next Friday at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. 